and welcome to the first ever interview on the Creative Productive Podcast. It's been quite a while since I actually started recording these interviews back in mid-July. Basically, I've been badly procrastinating on the whole podcast, but I'm really delighted that you're finally listening to it. So yay, thank you for listening. Welcome along. We have a lot of amazing things planned. We also have some really great interviews to come with some wonderful creative productive people. But today it's interview number one with Millie from Blink Lettering, who is a calligraphy blogger and teacher as well as a graphic designer by day. So Millie and I, perhaps a little unusual for Instagram friends, we met for the first time in person at a stationary event when real life events were still a thing and we were introduced by a mutual blogging friend. So we swapped details, we swapped business cards, followed each other, got to know each other better through social media and since then we've collaborated on a few things together like live Instagram things and we've become firm Instagram and outside of Instagram friends as well. She's someone that does an amazing job of showcasing her creativity and she has a full-time job alongside Blink Lettering, which she's doing amazing things with. And that, of course, requires her to be a very productive person as well as someone very creative. So she felt like a perfect fit for my first podcast guest. So in this fairly long episode today, we talk pretty much everything from her experience at a creative arts university to how she got started with calligraphy and lettering, how she was destined to get into calligraphy, and even how she used her creativity to put a really personal handmade touch to her wedding, which is really fun to listen to. We had a lovely time recording the episode. We did have a small power cut towards the end. I have kind of left that in for comedic value, but it was a really great way to start off a wonderful series of interviews, so I hope you'd have just as much fun listening as I had making it. Hey Millie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, It's really nice to have you. Do you want to start out by introducing yourself to the listeners? Yeah, Uh, so I'm Millie. I am a full-time graphic designer, so I work full-time and then I run a business called Blink Lettering, which is predominantly a calligraphy business, but I do introduce elements of my graphic design into all of that too. Mm. Um, I live down in Bournemouth on the coast I moved down here for university and then fell in love with the seaside and just oh, never left. Never left. I think never that left. To a lot and of people. Yeah. Yeah. Ten years later, and I'm still here. <laughs> ten years. Wow. I can't believe yeah. That. Wow. Yes. So yeah, oh, it's been nearly involved. eleven years, I think. <gasps> Time flies when you're an adult. <laughs> and by the beach. <laughs> yes. That's true. I'm also by the beach, so I can confirm that that's very nice. Yeah, so obviously then you're a graphic designer full-time kind of thing, which is already a fairly creative job, would you say? Yes. Yeah, yeah I've had um, jobs in the past in my career that haven't been so creative. So in agencies, quite big mm. agencies, you have something called an art worker. Okay. Which is what I started off as. And essentially, yeah. they're the people who take the beautiful design that the designer has done yeah. and make sure it's all ready for print. Oh, okay. So you're doing like making sure the sizes of the document are correct and yeah. bell checked and the images are good quality. So for like a good couple of years, I was doing stuff like that to get myself into the industry. And yeah. that definitely zapped some creativity. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm definitely in a much more creative role now. And yeah. Work on has a massive eclectic mix of clients, so lots mm. of projects to work that's on. That's cool. I suppose that's quite common, really. Like people, I'm a, I, 
imagine your like course so you did graphic design at university is that right yes yeah yes. so imagine then you were doing like projects and things and then to come out from that and then go back into like that kind of fairly yes it was a shock going from quite a hands-on creative environment to then just being sat in front of a computer yeah eight hours a day five yeah. days a week um yeah, that was quite a big contrast. <laughs> I bet, yeah. I bet they're trying to get you ready for all this like creative stuff you're doing. And then it's like, oh, can you just check the resolution and the spell? Yes. And everything <laughs> like that. Ah, so why did you decide to take up calligraphy and lettering as well? So you say like you're more creative now. So. Yes. Um, so I started doing this, I can't even remember how long ago. I always say like <laughs> four or five years ago. I'm never yeah. sure. Um, but it was when I was an art worker, mm. I, at that time, I was getting more into doing the design and creative side because I was yeah. pushing it a lot in my agency and being like, mm. I want to do this. But um, I like I was just said, I was basically sitting in front of a computer eight hours a day, five days a week. Yeah. And I really missed hands-on creativity. Yeah. Um, and I did used to do bookbinding. So I actually okay. did yeah. quite a lot of bookbinding in my last year of uni and to the point that my university lecturer actually like let me take some university equipment home with me and keep oh, it wow. forever. <laughs> That's really cool because I had no idea that you ever did that. And then because you just wrote a guest post for me yeah and you mentioned that and I was like what I didn't know this yeah so I used to it used to be called Billy's Books and <gasps> I even sold a couple of craft fairs locally um and I really enjoyed it but the issue with mm. book binding is it takes up a lot of space yeah so I was doing a lot of things like perfect binding which requires gluing the books together yeah and I have like a contraption in my craft <laughs> You can see on my craft room floor that is Ooh. going live tonight. Yes, yes, because you have um, a YouTube channel, of course. Um, and it just takes up a lot of space. And at the time, mm. me and my husband were living in a very small one-bedroom flat. Yeah. And I just, I kind of fell out of love with it because it was just taking up mm. room. Um, and then I was just on Instagram one day and stumbled across the whole lettering and calligraphy community on Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, well, pens don't take up too much space. They're quite small. Well, depends how many you have. But yeah, in principle, they are a lot smaller than Initially. Like massive bookbinding <laughs> things. Yeah. Yes. So I started to start doing that. And me and my husband were engaged at the time as well. So I was okay, like, well, yeah. it might be a good way to kind of get stuff ready for the wedding so we always knew we wanted a DIY wedding so we designed yeah. our wedding invite we did everything ourselves basically even had to yeah. find furniture for the wedding well I, so. I saw you did um I think it was an Instagram post not too long ago about everything that you did yes for your yeah, wedding that was our wedding anniversary it was so I was so impressed I thought it was so cool how many things you did I don't know if you're happy to like tell us about some of the little details um, that you created because there was a lot so, of creative things in there, I noticed. Yeah, so if we like base it around like the design calligraphy side, yeah. we did our own save the dates and I was determined that I wanted them to be foiled. Ooh. I also <laughs> wanted them on dark blue card. So that was a lot of trial and error. And we yeah. had to send over like 80 invites out to people. Oh, wow. And then the invites we designed, us well, I mainly designed. So they were like a watercolor effect 
at the top mm. and then it had silver foil stars so our wow. wedding was a space themed wedding that's so cool <laughs> because we used to do a lot of stargazing we used to go out to um Durdle door in that area and do oh. stargazing and my wedding my no my engagement ring was made from meteorites so, oh wow yeah yeah it's quite a cool yeah. engagement ring so we went for the space theme and then from that it kind of developed further so our table yeah. plan had a constellation so each name each table name was a constellation name and then we yeah. actually drew the constellations on a huge board oh my God. Um, and painted it all and there was a few star wars references in there as well because <laughs> love star wars <laughs> oh that's nice that he can have something though because sometimes you like the weddings are often very like about not all of them but I've, i know that a lot of them seem to be about like what the woman wants and like yes it's very yeah. floral and yeah yeah we both had our own touches so i decided that actual flowers were too expensive so mm. i decided to make over 100 paper flowers <gasps> myself oh wow um and i used harry potter books and dark blue paper for that so oh there was gosh. little touches everywhere so you got very <laughs> creative for that day basically yes yeah yes. and would you say would you say it was like worth it did you feel um a hundred percent like it was I think whenever anyone goes to wedding people are always going to say oh it's beautiful it's the best day mm. ever but actually having someone say it's beautiful it's the best day ever and you know that you did it like one of the things I made was a uh, hair piece for my hair wow which i i kept finding them online they cost like a hundred pounds yeah that's so the length expensive. of my hair it was like a wire with lots of bead on um and it did take me like two days to make mm. but like just having people be like that's so nice it, like it's just that yeah and you could be like yeah I made it. yeah basically <laughs> every time someone said something they were like that's amazing i was like we made it <laughs> yeah we made it it's all us that's actually i think it's nice as well like obviously in some instances you have to kind of you know put your money where your mouth is and buy stuff in if you don't have the time but if you can spend the time to like create yeah. all that stuff it's kind of I suppose a bit more of a build out you can get excited and then yeah on the day it's like you see all of your creative efforts and yeah. it kind of adds to the kind of how personal it all is which is really nice yeah we wanted it really personal yeah. and the other thing for us is we didn't want it to cost money because we wanted no. to go to Japan for our honeymoon which did yeah. cost money so every <laughs> time there was something that cost money we were like do we or want this to do this in Japan yeah or do we want to have a band and so we sacrificed an awful lot of the wedding yeah just because of what else we wanted to do yeah I suppose it's what's important to you and yeah that's really cool I'm thank you for telling us more about that because I, I love I mean like I love the kind of whole you know like the details and stuff but I think yeah when you when you like have people creating bits of it and like you did a lot yourself and yeah. I suppose it's a way as well for like you to spend time together and to like yeah you know do things like that that's really cool so I mean one of my questions was have you always considered yourself to be a creative person but I feel like you've basically answered that with what you've told me I don't know um, I guess that's that's actually probably quite mixed so I definitely mm. have always been a creative person mm. but actually I've always also being quite a mathematical and scientific person as well yeah which is a bit of a contrast yeah so I've always loved art and then moved into graphics and I remember when my brother was my brother's older than me and when he was picking his GCSEs and I saw there was something called graphics I was like that's what I'm gonna do when I yeah. get to GCSEs <laughs> I do remember that but the thing when I was in secondary school that I struggled with the most was being forced creativity 
so this idea that like being creative all the time yeah I managed to complete my coursework perfectly fine but Mm. I did it when I felt like I was in the right mood to do it yeah and what made me nervous about going off to be a graphic designer is that idea of being creative literally all the time and being forced into that yeah and I really wasn't sure if that's something I could actually do Mm. so at A levels I did graphics maths physics and media studies and I was basically spending those two years deciding whether to go do maths at university or graphic design which is quite a big the two contrast. completely different things really yeah yes in a way. I'm, like, I'm sure there's little bits of maths that you use in graphic design but like, yeah it might have taken you down two very different yeah life paths I guess there's a very big contrast and then I discovered something called an art foundation which is a year-long course mm. um, and you basically it's free if you're under 19 and you basically oh, yeah. do graphics art photography fashion 3d like yeah. a bit of everything and it was it was a full-time course so it was 9 to 5 30 every day mm. um and I was going to do it at local college near me but um my parents worked out with the amount that I'd have to spend on like getting a new car and yeah petrol, I might as well have just gone off to a proper university to do it yeah um so I went to Bournemouth um and that was for me like a taster it was like a year long and i could see okay could i be creative mm. all the time because that was something that i was actually quite nervous about yeah so although i have had this creativity i guess i i knew i had the opportunity to be able to do, to do other stuff as well yeah. which i know is quite lucky um but yeah i did this year long course and it was a very like I went to the Bournemouth Arts University mm. which is a very small university yeah There's only like 2,000 students but it's such a creative university you're literally yeah. surrounded by just creatives yeah and um, how, d- how so, did that feel like because you saying like you know you kind of maybe question whether you could be like creative all the time or as like a career when you like arrived in that kind of setting did you feel like how did you feel like compared to, I don't, I don't want to say like, how did you compare yourself? But you know, sometimes that can be quite a big thing, like comparison, especially with yeah. creativity. It can be quite daunting if some people are perceived as like really talented and that can be its own, I suppose, constraint for them. But I don't know, how did you feel when you kind of arrived? Did you feel like, yes, I found my people or did it take some time? Yeah, I definitely enjoyed university a lot. Yeah. <laughs> As we all do, I'm sure. <laughs> and I don't think I would have enjoyed the university experience as much if I had gone off to do something like maths or yeah. science. And I think I found I found myself a little bit more. And mm. um, I think when you're around creative people a lot, it helps with the creativity. Yeah. So at my school, I did graphics A-level and there was only three other people in my class. So it's quite hard to kind of have those conversations all the time with the same three people. Whereas when you live with people and you live with people who some of them do acting, some of them do fashion, some of them do illustration. Yeah. Being surrounded by a huge variety of creative people, I think really helped. Yeah. And kind of helped me grow a lot and just saw that it doesn't, design and creativity doesn't have to be so literal. You can really expand out yeah area so I think that really helped but yeah yeah. that's that's really cool yeah it's nice because you kind of get to know like I suppose in a way 
in like high school and things you might be taught like to be creative a certain way but like when you start to see like other mediums and other kind of things that people are doing you start to see different creative processes I suppose yes yes and I did have quite a strict art teacher who gave me a really bad grade for something Mm. once and I was really upset by it so for my next project I worked really hard I basically drew a shoe (laughs) it wasn't anything exciting but it it looked really good it was a very good shoe it was an amazingly beautiful shoe I gave it in to be marked and I got my workbook back and she had written on my work this hasn't been drawn by you you have cheated in this work thing um and I was mortified because oh my, my mum had literally seen me work so hard and yeah. my school my school was not very supportive of creative subjects basically no. they were very much chasing the A, A star mm. grades and art and graphics was not important no so I didn't have much support there no so going to a university that is literally yeah all singing and dancing yeah. and all supporting. Actually all singing and dancing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there was not actually just... actors and singers yeah. and musical <laughs> theatre. So. Yeah, I bet that was really interesting, like, amazing experience to go from the high school that was like, you didn't draw that shoe, to then go yeah. to the place that was like, kind of embraced all these different processes. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's, education has a lot to answer for in terms of like, people's creative confidence, I definitely think. Yes, definitely. Mm. There's definitely things that I would change. Yeah, <laughs> we had a, we had a few art teachers. I was told not to take art oh. in GCSE, and now is that the, the other choices were like geography and history and something <laughs> else. And I was like, no, I'm doing art. And they were so trying to push me. Like they really tried to push me not to take it because I was kind of fairly smart. They wanted yeah. me to take, you know, like they basically said, oh, we want to keep art for the kids that aren't very academic. And I was like, well, that's so rude. I threatened to move schools in the end. I was like, well, if you don't let me do art, I'm going to move. So (laughs) So in the end, they like gave in. But that was fine. But um, yeah, I had to put my foot down. But yeah, I got a good grade then. So, you know. Good. But yeah. Um, So I was going to say, what is another question that I've got is what is a creative project that you've worked on that really pushed you out of your comfort zone? So I'm thinking maybe like, more with like blink or something like that because um, I know that that's I can think of two yeah, that go have really it. pushed me like so last year yeah um the first one was for my friend's wedding which I've never really told her this before <laughs> and she's probably gonna listen because she's one of my biggest supporters Aww. but I actually drew lots of botanicals for her wedding yeah I do have next to me I can shoot yeah we're not well, being videoed, we'll find but I'll show you another time. <laughs> this is um, audio <laughs> but yeah so I, I was like I can draw you lots of botanicals I just yeah. got an iPad so it's like now I have an iPad I can draw everything <laughs> I can do anything and then I turned out I was not so good at drawing botanicals and iPad and I did get in quite big flat but it was a learning experience and I'd rather yeah. have done something like that for a friend's wedding and she was paying me for the design yeah but I'd rather have done something like that for a friend's wedding who is supportive of me mm. and in the end they actually turned out amazingly and I was so happy with them nice but that definitely pushed me out my comfort zone completely. Yeah. and then another similar experience so basically I'm just not that good at drawing I'm a designer, but yeah. my actual drawing skills aren't great, which people always think is weird. But um, I suppose like like you're a designer and like a calligrapher, like your calligraphy is amazing. 
think but like, <laughs> you've, like you've practiced and like you know you always like talk about like the drills and stuff for calligraphy so I suppose yes. you've practiced whereas if you haven't had so much chance to draw and so much opportunity yes then that's yeah you've not practiced yeah. I guess but yes yeah. yeah so the other project I did was <clears throat> for a company called the Outnet which hmm. is a really high-end fashion company and they were hosting a Christmas influencer dinner they wanted a menu designed yeah and I took on the job because it sounded like quite a simple kind of calligraphy menu style yeah and as the job moved further in it turned out that they wanted illustrations and like fashion pieces which I'd literally never done before so that was quite intense because that was quite like a big paid job with a very Mm. like well-known client which was and like they had influencers flying in from like america and oh my gosh some of them have like a million subscribers on youtube so it's like oh my god yeah no pressure um (laughs) but again that turned out really well and yeah it was a really fun project so yeah though they've been difficult i've just kind of thrown myself in Mm. the best and they've turned out all right (laughs) do you know i yeah that's a great attitude to have sometimes you've just got to do it like i i've done projects before where i'm like i don't really know what i'm doing but i'm gonna probably be able to figure it out so it's all gonna be okay but yeah (laughs) Yeah. it can still be a bit stressful when you're like why did i do this to myself (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so as someone with you have like a full-time job and blink lettering so you've got to I'm guessing be fairly organized to be able to kind of be productive and keep up with both of them um so how do you kind of organize your time and like what kind of keeps you going what keeps you accountable to do both um I've kind of tried a lot in the past couple of years so this obviously started off as a bit of a hobby so I didn't really kind of organize my time in a sense Mm. um and then about a year and a half ago I was working in a separate job where I was working a lot of overtime. I was Mm. getting there at eight o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I wouldn't finish until like 9 p.m. It was not a enjoyable experience. No. Um, Hence why I'm in a different job now. (laughs) Um, And during that period, it was very hard to organize any sort of time. And there was a lot of times that I was staying up really late at night. And it just wasn't viable for me to do that. Um. So for me, in that sense, where it wasn't working, I realized that I needed to change my job. Yeah. So that was a very important part for me, that I wanted to be in a job that had more ske- like schedule and more strict time. Yeah. So my new job is great. Bang on 5.30, everyone's out the door. Oh, nice. There's not really any overtime, which is quite unusual for a design agency, to be honest. Mm. Uh, but that was a really important thing for me to get organized because if I have no idea what time I'm going to get home, then it's very hard to like organize your time. So that's a big change that's happened to me in the past year. And then when that happened, I started actually booking out whole evenings. So I'd say, okay, every Wednesday is my blink night. So if a friend's like, oh, do you want to hang out on a Wednesday? Then I'll be like, no, I'm busy. Yeah. Because that's something I struggled with quite a bit is not saying no to social things um, as opposed to balancing it around my job. Mm. But actually booking that time out, just like you do at work, you say I work this time to this time. Yeah, well, like you can't, like there's nothing else you can do. You have to work. So yeah, it's like the same with your business then. You kind of, or your, 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 as it was, whatever it was then, like side hustle kind of thing. Yeah, so I think 
that's a very big thing is to actually book out that time and mm. just say this is when I work yeah um and then obviously everything in the past four or five months has just been very different because we are have been in lockdown kind of in lockdown still yeah uh, but actually for me it's been a dream and I feel a bit embarrassed saying it sometimes because I know an awful lot of people have had a really hard time during mm. lockdown and I can completely understand why yeah however for me it's been a massive opportunity for me to have that time to work on my business yeah um, I totally understand that and I think to be honest obviously it's terrible what's happened in a way I think not just for people with businesses for a lot of people it's started to kind of give them a little bit of space yeah to kind of try these creative things or like actually say you know what screw this like life's too short I need to start that project and stuff so I, I feel like it's you know obviously yes it's hot it's terrible it's you know horrible for people and I'm, I really feel for people who've been like stuck at home and stuff but I know that yeah. a lot of people have kind of okay, well, I'm going to use this time a little bit to my advantage and have kind of, in a way, it has been a bit of a gift to some people. So, yeah. I mean, obviously it's not for everyone, but I, I, I see, I definitely agree with you. Like it's, it's probably never going to happen in our lifetime again. I hope no. such would. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, it is this, it's this crazy event that's happened that has kind of, it's obviously bad things, but there's kind of been little like, nice things as well things like you know people starting to talk to their neighbors and stuff and you know connecting yeah. with each other more so I think you know it's like that every cloud has a silver lining in a way like yeah we've just had to try and find the silver lining to it like that's what we do we adapt yeah, yeah. but yeah I think what it's done for me as well is it took, gave me a chance to really step back and mm. figure out what works for me in yeah. the past I've always kind of stressed about the amount of work I have to do a blink and I've ended up staying up very late and that actually that I discovered that's just not how my body works. My body can't cope with that. And actually I'm over lockdown and the past few months I've realized that I actually work better in the mornings. Yeah. So I have been going to bed at normal time, which is yeah. like anything between 10 and 11. Mm. I've been getting up at six o'clock every morning. Yeah. So I have three hours before I start work at nine and I tend to do all of my Etsy orders then. Yeah. So um that's getting in that's got me in a really good rhythm so it, what it has done is just made me understand how I work best yeah um and I do now if I've got lots to do and it's getting to like 9 30 p.m I'm like okay let look I could probably do this in the morning and I could probably do it better in the morning yeah and obviously everyone works differently um and you might have a job that's a lot more flexible in terms of time. So it's, it's worth kind of seeing what works best for you, maybe like doing a week of one thing and then changing yeah. it to like a week of early mornings instead. Yeah. But yeah, for me, I having that, okay, Etsy orders in the morning that kind of gets rid of that. And then on my lunch break, I can do a bit of work if I want. I tend mm. to keep that quite chilled. Like I'll design something because then I can just have fun on my iPad. Yeah. And so it's then, kind of like work but also play like it's, yeah. a, it's more of a chilled out kind of task for you to do yeah I'll go sit on the enjoy. sofa and be yeah. comfy um and then evenings is for like more serious work and admin mm. and all of that stuff but yeah balancing it with the husband and so <laughs> <laughs> I think it's good that you've got that rhythm of like yeah getting up early like 
because that's that's something that has to be done yes and then it's like it's out of your head then when you're doing yeah. your you know you know day job kind of thing so you don't have to worry about oh well, I've really got to do this later like yeah. there might be other things you have to do but then at least you've got a good bulk of it out the way yes um and yeah it's, it's bit like I'm, I've seen you like show on Instagram stories a few that you've been sending out so it's like a nice little kind of routine and like I kind of get used yeah. to seeing them like oh what cards is she sending out today <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it is a nice routine and it, it I think having those Etsy orders coming in regularly does make it kind of make you get up in the morning because yes. they need to get out the door so yeah. that does really help uh, but it, there are some mornings I don't have Etsy orders and if yeah. I, have that, I still get up and I will do something else because mm. um, I don't want to get into the habit of sometimes sleeping in and then being all over the place yeah <laughs> no it's definitely good I think to try and like keep to like a rhythm like I'm trying at the moment I've to get up earlier but it's a struggle but yeah we'll get there <laughs> just need to like do it consistently <laughs> so do you feel like you with your kind of projects with your creative projects with like blink and things like that do you find that you're a kind of do you go in all guns blazing and just start something when you get like a new idea for a little project or do you kind of sit and do you plan the steps that you're going to have to take i definitely do not plan <laughs> Um, a very good example of that yeah. was my first year I decided I wanted to teach calligraphy workshops in person. Yeah. And I said at the beginning of the year, that's what I wanted to do. And then it got to August and I still hadn't done anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I set up an event on Eventbrite and said, I'm doing calligraphy workshops. And in the first week, two people bought tickets and I was like well I need to actually yeah a calligraphy workshop now (laughs) um so yeah I'm very much the kind of person who just will go ahead and say something and then I'm like oh god I actually now gotta do it some work now yeah um I don't tend to be that organized which there have been quite a few times when I've been working on projects and every single time I've like cried to my husband and been like, I'm not doing this ever again. <laughs> like I've stayed up until three in the morning for five nights. I'm going to be more organized next time. Yeah. And then the next project will come around. And I did not listen to the same thing me. happens again. <laughs> um, but it always seems to go fine. Yeah. I am trying to be a bit more organized this year, mainly for my Etsy shop. So mm. In the past, I've suddenly been like, oh my God, it's Christmas next month. Let's put some Christmas stuff in my (laughs) shop. Whereas I have actually decided to be more organized this year. So I've already bought crackers and gift bags. Oh, wow. Yes, I am being organized. I just need to get them up in my shop. So I think... I need to be ahead for stuff like that, but yeah, I am definitely I, not a planner. <laughs> I, I, do you know? What? I think people would be surprised to. I mean, I'm, I am obviously quite organised and pre- like, I like a planner and everything, but I'm also the kind of person I'll get an idea, and that idea will be like, it will happen in a week. Yeah, because it's like when I have the idea, I've got like the passion kind of thing for it, yes. and I just want to go and I want to use that energy. But then I use like the planning to kind of like keep it going and keep the momentum and then like, you know, keep on top of it. But yeah, I think, I think there's something quite, a lot of people make a plan and then that don't actually maybe do it or they make the plan and then they're like, okay, I've made the plan. But I think it is a really 
good strength to be able to just kind of go in all guns blazing sometimes but then you get to the point of like oh it's 3 a.m yeah so um yeah yeah. I mean I do like writing a list lists do really help get everything out of my head because I think when you not even if you work full-time run a business just when Mm. you run a business by itself there is a massive amount of overwhelm and ideas and so I do find writing lists really help and I do like ticking lists off, but there's not necessarily oh, yeah. a rhyme or reason in the order of I do things. I'm just no. like, that looks like the next fun thing. So let's do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's better than nothing. Just like figure <laughs> it out as you go along. Um, so do you feel like, you know, I, you know, feel like you've um, sold yourself as quite a creative person. So do you feel like your kind of creativity and kind of productivity kind of complement each other? Like, what do you think about like the two together kind of thing? Because this is the um... creative productive podcast. So <laughs> do you feel like your creativity and productivity work together or? I think there's uh, a balance between mm. it and sometimes there's very separate things. Mm. So for example, a time where it doesn't work together is when I'm doing my Instagram posts. Yeah. Um, but I think because Instagram posts are quite loose, I don't really do it to a brief or anything. I'm just no. doing it for me. And obviously that's fun and just sitting down and do it. But I could sit there for like three hours doing a 30 second Instagram post. And then I'd be mm. like, oh great, I have not done anything that I actually wanted to do this <laughs> evening because I've just been sat here. But I've still enjoyed myself creatively. And in I think the, end, the it productivity is still... taken away. Yeah, but in, in the end, like it is, I suppose, still content yes and actually something that I've started doing to kind of make up for this lack of productivity in that sense is I've started selling my original artwork that I do on Instagram so now that three hours that felt unproductive Mm. beforehand I've actually taken this really unproductive moment apart from obviously the content generation yeah but I've turned it around and actually put it into a more productive, mm. like something for my business as well. And obviously content creation is always for your business. But yeah. It's kind of seeing the more physical side of it mm. with generating money. Yeah. Um, but then... I'm interested to, like, I'm interested to know, because like, obviously, like, cr- so I forgot to ask you actually, what was kind of the, the reason you started calligraphy, I suppose, was to kind of be away from a screen yeah um and kind of I suppose have some time for yourself and like it's yeah I think being away from the screen being hands-on creative mm. so using my hands again I've yeah. always had a fascination for type as well as a designer yeah. but also I've always had a fascination for writing yeah like, I wouldn't actually say that I have my own handwriting and during the whole of school I would see someone else's handwriting style and be like, I like that. And then I just copy their handwriting style for like three yeah. months in a non-creepy way. <laughs> in a, like, I wasn't trying to be them. Or no, like you weren't trying to like forge them. their signature. <laughs> no, but I just really liked their writing. And I was like, I like how they do their, yeah. that's how I'm going to do it. And I, I don't, I think because of that, my handwriting is actually all over the place. And yeah beautiful and neat and sometimes it's scruffy and sometimes like I can look in a notebook and not tell if it's my notebook or not because I don't know what my handwriting looks like what's like you're like a handwriting chameleon yeah so (laughs) 
I guess like when I started doing it, I was like, this makes complete and utter sense. And why did I not do this earlier? I yeah. Like, I, I always feel a bit like, why did I not do this at university? Yeah. So I feel like I could have gotten even further if I had picked up at university. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, it's, yeah. it sounds really cheesy, but I feel Go like on. I'm destined for it. <laughs> yes, that's your thing. That's your element. I'm reading a book at the moment called I think it's called The Element and it's all about when people find the thing that they're really good at and they really yeah. enjoy and that kind of uses all their strengths. So like calligraphy maybe your element. Yes. And listening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, but I'm interested to know why you feel like the time you spend on the calligraphy is kind of unproductive. Like, yeah, maybe it's not like doing admin. So but do you feel like it's worth your time? It's productive kind of, for me. It's yeah for me in a mental way yeah there are evenings where I actually just need to get business done yeah so in a business side it can be unproductive but part of the reason I did calligraphy in the first place is because I did find it really relaxing yeah um and I do suffer from anxiety quite a bit mm. um and actually and I did suffer a lot of anxiety in the lead up to my wedding yeah um which I think is actually quite common. Yeah, uh, people sure. just don't tend to speak about it much. No. Um, so I did find it really productive in the sense that it really helps clear my mind. Yeah. And because you're not, you can't just sit and scroll on your phone while you're doing calligraphy. No. And you can't, like, I didn't even really like watching TV when doing it because you need a proper desk to sit at. You can't yeah. just do it on your lap. So I have found it helps me productively in clearing my head yeah and if I'm having quite a stressful time or I'm really worried about nothing because yeah what my anxiety tends to be about Mm. is nothing in particular I have found it's really helped clear my head there Mm. um so I think productively the creativity helps me personally yeah um but sometimes when it's helping me personally, I can get yeah. quite carried away with it. <laughs> and then I guess I have like the guilt, the guilt that I'm not working on my business. Yeah. Which I think a lot of small business owners have. I think and it's so. something that I am working on. Um, and I have been working on over the past few years mm. is doing, well, past few months, sorry, is doing more for me and more mm. for fun. And yes. I think especially with my Instagram, I did used to do a lot of posts thinking, oh, what will people like to see? What will get me the most likes? What yeah. will get me followers? What can I do that's witty or funny? And now yeah. I'm just like, I just want to write the word noodles. Or and boobies. I like, and I like, yeah, I wrote boobies <laughs> the other day. And I, I like pink, it. so I'm going to do it like that. And I, I mean, that got a very mixed response because some well, people did not want to see it, but at the end of the day it's my platform and I want to, obviously yeah. I never do anything offensive no towards anyone but but then I wouldn't imagine that you would you know do that in real life anyway I guess no I hope <laughs> no <laughs> but yeah I think kind of getting away from that yeah doing it for other people and doing it for myself is definitely something that I've been it's kind of my journey went from like doing calligraphy for myself, setting up an Instagram account mm. but for me to document my journey yeah. to suddenly being like, oh my God, I have all, all these, these followers. I have to like do stuff for them. Mm. And then actually I, 
I did go on quite a big break from Instagram last year from yeah. about September to October. I think I may have posted like three or four times, which going I've been like the same. I've had day, breaks. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think actually that was quite an important, I, I was still doing calligraphy, but I just did it for me. Yeah. And I think sometimes with creativity, if you want to be productive, you do need to remember that it's for you a lot yeah. of the time. Um, and if you are doing this for a business, I think it is important to remember why you started in the first place. Yeah, so I definitely. lost a lot of love for the business last year. Yeah. Um, I think when you start doing the things for other people and kind of not so much for yourself, almost like in a performative way, like it's like, for example, I know a lot of like bullet journalists will spend like hours on, you know, like bullet journal spreads and stuff. And like I did used to do that. But then I would realize, like, I'm not going to spend any time on this actual, I'm never going to use this page. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what's the point? Like, I'm just showing people like, oh, look at this pretty picture, but it's not actually anything that I'm going to use. It's not actually yes. productive. So I think definitely feel like, you know, Instagram burnout is real. Like I've had it a few times. And I think it's often when you're trying to be someone, not trying to be someone you're not, but when you're trying to do stuff for Instagram and not kind of like well showing who you are yes things like that and one thing I started doing um which I haven't done much recently and I probably Mm. should is I started showing the reality Mm. so I would do a really pretty video of my calligraphy and I'd share the pretty picture but then you'd swipe along and you'd see the hundreds of sheets on my yeah Oh, I've lost you. Oh. Yeah, had a power cut. Whoops. Okay, <laughs> we're back. It's all good. So we were talking about um, behind the scenes on Instagram and kind of yes. imperfections and stuff. Yeah, so I started showing the imperfections behind the scenes and I obviously spoke about how I didn't want to I stopped doing stuff for my audience and started mm. doing stuff for me. And actually part of the thing for me that was important is to be honest and yeah. share. I always had people being like, oh, I wish that I could do that just like you or how yeah. to get it so perfect every time. And I realized that I wasn't sharing that. No. So as soon as I started sharing that, and actually it's something I want to do more of, like talking about this now, I haven't done it for a while, but I really enjoyed doing that because I think it made calligraphy more accessible to people. Yes. And now I teach online as well as in person. I need to kind of show that more um, because I didn't just I didn't just wake up one day and was amazing no. with a pen. It's taken a long time, and even now I still have bad days. I still have days where I can't do really nice up strokes because my hand's too shaky yeah um so I try and be as honest with people as possible with that and I think that's really important yeah do and no, I, I really I- enjoyed that I remember when you did that and I you also did a um because obviously calligraphy takes time and you have to like speed mm. it up to fit it in Instagram so yes. I really liked when you slowed down or like left it at real time as well and showed yes. how slow you were actually doing it yeah and I think that's something that's really important and I think that's definitely something that I've developed a love for Mm. over the past year is kind of 
getting down to the level of a beginner and just being like I know exactly how you feel because I was at the same position as you and even now it's still not perfect (laughs) no there's always work you can do definitely with anything um so I guess we should start wrapping it up now um so I guess obviously people will be listening maybe they'll start to think like oh I want to do hand lettering and calligraphy so what do you think they should do where should they go why should they try it over to you um so I think with calligraphy one thing a lot of people try to jump into straight away is dip pen calligraphy where you have Mm. a nib and you dip it in ink yeah which is beautiful yeah um but the tools themselves take a lot to learn Mm. so if you're doing that and also learning the skill then that can be quite difficult so I definitely recommend starting with a brush pen yeah brush pens are good to go they're ready for you they've got all the ink inside they're nice and easy and I always recommend a small brush pen so the Pentel brush sign pens are the best ones my faves yeah it was my first ever pen and I still have my first ever pen and I love it and it's such a durable pen which is important for beginners yeah I mean because I know a lot of people jump in with like the Tombow pens which I did as well and then I tried to use it and I straight away was like oh my gosh this is so hard like I can't do this at all so that put me off for quite a long time so yeah definitely small pens yes and I think yeah I think that's one big issue and then a lot of the other issue is people jumping straight into doing words mm. and not really understanding the concept of calligraphy. Yeah. So with calligraphy, you see this beautiful joined up writing. So you think, well, I need to do joy- beautiful joined up writing, but actually calligraphy is a massive lie. <laughs> it's, it's not joined <gasps> calligraphy up Calligraphy is a lie, everyone. It is a massive lie and <laughs> people are always quite shocked, but yeah, I always say that you're not writing words, you're drawing mm. letters yes so each letter is formed from certain strokes which are called Mm -hmm. calligraphy drills Mm -hmm. and then those strokes come together in those letters and then you form the words so you're constantly lifting your pen off the paper and repositioning and building Mm -hmm. muscle memory so the thing that's most important to start with is the calligraphy drills yeah um so I actually run a online challenge twice a year which is called better brush drills yes but people can access it all year round so i run it in march and august yeah and it's so a it's seven about day to start challenge. as we're recording yes. but i think we'll miss it by the time this comes out which is a yes. shame but yeah um yeah but you'll even when this comes out it will still yeah. be accessible so i run it as a seven day challenge and the idea is that each day you get an email with a set of drills and a video that helps and you learn alongside a community community of people which I think yeah. is really valuable because you can see how other people progress yes um so that's and I obviously have that accessible on my website but there's there's so many useful yeah. resources all over the internet but the bonus with my challenge is it is accessible even if you don't join in with the live challenge yeah and you get access to a private facebook group so i'm always there to help people out and there is quite a nice like i've noticed around like your account and in like i think i don't know if you've got more than one facebook group or well, there is a facebook group that i'm a part of i think that's run by you and everyone is quite supportive and kind of you know 
interested in helping each other yeah. and things like that I think it's quite so nice I, to I see. think you're thinking of the UK yes. letter group so I actually I didn't set that up as okay. a business venture mm. I actually set that up uh basically when I first started doing click free lettering everyone was American yeah and I really struggled to find out where I could buy pens from and yeah. find out where I could get classes so I decided to set up a UK calligraphy and lettering group. And although I am the admin, mm. and my friend Carrie is also an admin from oh, Calligraphy. Yeah. Calligraphy. Um, I don't actually use it as like a support for my business. No. I mainly set it up as a, this is for UK people to come together and it's a really lovely community. Yeah. So um, I think that's really important to build community yes in the calligraphy industry and I've met lots of wonderful people and yeah it's been really lovely yeah that's great so yeah so basically go to blink lettering sign up for your <laughs> better better brush drills better brush drills yeah and, and then, then you also do better brush letters which I yes. did and it was really really good really broke things down like it yes. like I was kind of getting okay at calligraphy by accident but like once I did that better brush letters I was like okay I can do this now like I feel yes. more confident so definitely so that's a workbook on my website and I have quite yeah. a few different workbooks on my website now yes. and again that is set up as a live challenge so that mm. runs in April and September um, for 30 days uh but again you can do it in your own time you'll still get access to the facebook group so you can still share yeah i just really like this idea of community yeah it's nice to do it with everyone else and see everyone's progress and coming from teaching in person and what i loved about teaching in person is people are doing calligraphy and they're learning calligraphy but they're also like what are you doing this weekend where do you like catching up on things and that's what i really liked about learning so I kind of have taken my teaching style from in-person workshops and developed a community online. Yeah. That, which I think is really important. And it's, I think what I love about the community in lettering and calligraphy is that everyone is so lovely and so supportive. So that's yes. what I wanted to create. Yeah. Uh, but the workbooks are available all year round. Yeah. Well. And they're really good. <laughs> I really like them. I re- I recommend them to everyone. They this when they say like, oh, I want to try calligraphy. I'm like, go to Millie. That's what she's doing. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I'm so, hopefully bringing out some more in the yeah. next uh like year or so. Be- maybe focusing around mono line calligraphy. So you oh, won't wow. even need a brush pen for that. You could just do it with a biro if you wanted to. Wow. So making it even more accessible for people. That's really cool. Oh, we'll have to save that for another podcast. When you brought that out, we'll have you on again for like the next series. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming to speak to me. We are my first interviewee, so I really appreciate it. So just to finish off, where can people find and follow you? Do you want to give your... So my Instagram, well, you can search me, uh, Blink Lettering, on Instagram. And the same on YouTube. And my website is blinklettering.co.uk. And you can access all of my social channels from there. So that's probably the best place to go. It's just go on my website. (laughs) You can get my workbooks from there. I also do have an Etsy shop, which is not based around calligraphy. It's more based Mm. around products that you can buy that look pretty and make them (laughs) nice. Uh, But everything is accessible from my website. So linklettering.co.uk is the best place to go. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Millie. Thank you for having me on. It's been fun. Yay. Bye.
So that is it. That's the first podcast interview all done. I really hope you enjoyed hearing all about Millie's creative productive life and I hope that you didn't get too annoyed with how many times I said the word like. Bear with me guys, the more podcasts I record, the better it will get. Everything is a learning curve, but I'm really proud that I've finally got it out there. So if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, share it, send me an email. All feedback's really valuable and it helps me to make even better podcast episodes in the future. Make sure that you're following me on Instagram to stay up to date with everything going on at Stationery Magpie. You can find the show notes for this episode at stationerymagpie.com and I'll put everything you need, including Millie's links and some of mine, in the description. And now all that's left to say is I hope you have a wonderful, creative, productive day, week, month, year, and I'll speak to you very soon.